0: and get ready to hear some enlightening, empowering, and inspiring talk on the virtual couch for Letitia on Letitia's Virtual Couch. Hey, couch. Hey girl, let's go. Welcome to Letitia's Virtual Couch. Technology has grown by leaps and bounds over the past decades, but have you ever wondered how technology is affecting your children's mental health? Stay tuned for an in-depth discussion on children, technology, and mental health. welcome back let's get into some things now on the heels of the whole momo frenzy you know i thought it would be a good idea to address to what extent technology affects our children's mental health in 2017 alone an average of u.s consumers spent 238 minutes which equates to three hours and 58 minutes daily watching tv astounding right According to Nielsen Report, the U.S. are watching five, well, the U.S. adults, excuse me, are watching five hours and four minutes of television per day. That translates to 35.5 hours per week. So these are the adult statistics, right? So, of course, it's going to translate to children who are in the same home. And it, um, their consumption of screen time, what I, you know, what I call screen time. Now, as a therapist, I have worked in the school settings, and I didn't realize how prevalent cyberbullying really was. And we had a whole initiative. I was working in the schools, actually, in Las Vegas, and there was an initiative regarding cyberbullying and just bullying in general. Because there were incidents of children committing suicide. This is how serious it is. And if you've been looking at the media, looking at television, looking at the news and not been under a rock, we've had a high incident of children committing suicide. And that's very abnormal because that show that suicide is usually a white older male phenomenon. Right. And if. Children are are committing suicide, it's usually adolescent, not children, like between the ages five and eight, you know, so that's something that we should definitely be alarmed about. Those numbers are very staggering, and they're very troubling. Now, cyberbullying, you know, you may want to know what cyberbullying is, it's basically what I will say in layman's terms, (laughs) some people will call it keyboard gangsters, right? So I want to use terms that you may have heard of before. But it's an incident where technology is used to harass and bully someone that can be via cell phone. That could be via social media and other most of technology, which we have seen. You know, I've said before in other podcasts that, you know, technology is a very good thing, but it also can be used for bad as well. And we have seen that. I was looking at some stats and um, I saw something that was very interesting um, out of the global um, statistics, India leads the charge in cyberbullying for some odd reason. And I want to look more into that with 37 percent, followed by Brazil and the U.S. is third. That's really, you know, uh, astounding to me to see that. I wonder why India is so prevalent when it comes to cyberbullying, when I literally thought on my own that the U.S. would have been leading because we're more um you know, more advanced. And I really thought that the U.S. would, you know, be leading the charge. Now, I don't know if that's because we have um, different checks and balances now to prevent that. But, um, yeah, I wanted to look more um, into that to and provide you some information. I wanted to sort of focus this podcast mainly on what, Technology is doing to child's mental health, but cyberbullying can't cannot be left out of that discussion because cyberbullying has definitely been linked to a lot of suicides that we have seen in the media. You know, like I've just stated now, young people who spend seven hours or more a day on screens are more likely more than twice as likely to be diagnosed with depression or anxiety than those who use screens for an hour a day. Now that, was, that study was in the Preventative Medicine Reports. The data came from more than 40,000 kids ages two to 17 and was collected as part of the Census Bureau 2016 National Survey of, Child's health, of Children's Health. While spending seven or more hours a day on screens, was not typical among the younger kids in the study. Roughly 20% of 14 to 17 year olds spent this amount of time on screens each day, right? So that's pretty typical, that's adolescence time. You know, I've said before, when in previous podcasts, how our friends are, you know, the highlight of our life at this point. And right now the generation is on social media because that's where they, their friends can be found, right? okay it also stated that they're likely following their parents lead. i said that before right so if adults are spending that much time on technology watching tv of course you know logically that's going to translate into what children are doing as well okay along with the association between screen time and diagnosis of depression and anxiety, the study finds that young people who spend seven hours or more a day on screens, not including schoolwork, were more easily distracted, less emotionally stable, and had more problems finishing tasks and making friends compared to those who spent an hour a day, just an hour a day. Now that's staggering, right? But it's sort of information that we know because I've, you know, have heard jokes of um, several people, you know, myself included, that kids don't play anymore. They're not social anymore. They don't know how to make friends and communicate like we did. And that's done right during playtime. You know, when you're making friends, you are... Um, uh, beginning to know how to resolve conflict, you know, in arguments, you know, we know how to resolve conflict. That's where we learn that behavior. And if we're always in front of the TV, always in front of the cell phone, then we're not able to really have those social skills needed to become um, successful in our relationships when we, when we become adults, right? And those are very important because those skills are needed to hold um, jobs, you know, to really be stable in our career, to be stable in our relationships. And if we look closely, we see those issues happening. Look at the divorce rate, you know, look at, um, some of the uh, with jobs, you know, I've noticed in, in my personal life in different ones that I know my friends, their children, they don't know how to hold a job anymore. As soon as they have a conflict on a job, then they're out the door. You know, there's times when we have to actually resolve those conflicts, use our social skills to be able to communicate and resolve those issues and not just jump from job to job because the issues are still gonna be at wherever we go but to actually stay and tackle those issues. So when I come back, I'm gonna delve a little bit deeper into this topic a little bit more. And um, yeah, so um, it's very interesting, some of the things I found. And uh, like I said, this was all on the, you know, the frenzy of the, you know, the Momo thing, which, you know, a lot of us have made our little jokes about it, but it's very serious because a lot of parents that I found were not even aware that this existed. I posted it on my social media, on Facebook, as well as my Instagram. And I would say about 95% of people, and you know what, I'll take that back. I will say 100% of people that, um, that responded to me were not aware of it. And majority of them were parents and their children were actually Uh, subscribe to these various channels, you know, um, children's YouTube and so we cannot let our children be babysitted by technology because we never know what's there and whoever's behind this absolutely know what they're doing. They know that parents now are just allowing their children on social media sites on different platforms like YouTube to babysit them while they're working or whatever they're doing to occupy their time and not abs- you know and not actually researching to see what their children are watching. What they did, they hit it in the middle as well because, you know, in the beginning of course, a parent are it's more apt to see what's going on. But as the child is engaged, you know, the child is laughing or engaged and the parents is off doing their thing, not even realizing that they're putting this smack dab in the middle of their child watching, say, you know, Mickey Mouse or whatever. So we definitely have to be more vigilant and knowing what our children are watching, okay? Because it not only affects them, but it also affects us because if you've been reading on the MoMo, um, situation is um, a character, a dreadful looking character, I would say, and it is prompting children to turn on the stove, put forks in sockets, and other terrible, horrible things that can also affect the parents' lives as well as other children and other members in the home. So, like I said, I will be back after these messages and I will come back with more information, okay? Thank you. Stay tuned. The discussions on this podcast is for informational purposes only. If you find yourself becoming triggered by any topic, Please refrain from listening and reach out to your nearest emergency room or dial 911. If you desire to seek therapy in the future, please Google and find your nearest therapist in close proximity to you. Thank you. your girl, Letitia coming to you from the virtual couch. I want to take a little bit of your time today to discuss how to find the right therapist. Now, like with anything, your hairstylist, your gardener, your medical doctor, it may take a few tries before you find the right fit. Finding the right therapist is no different. So stay the course and don't give up. Also, I want to empower you to ask questions, do not feel like you're being intrusive by asking questions, because guess what? This is the person that's gonna lead you and guide you towards your healing. And this is a very important partnership. So I will say this even as a therapist myself, if a therapist becomes offended by any questions that you may have, just like with any other individual that I discussed before, like your doctor, your gardener, whoever, someone you know working on your home, If they become offended, you're probably not gonna hire them, right? Exactly. Your therapist is no different, so don't feel offended. Don't be offended by the degrees and the licenses and yes, all those hard things we worked for, but we're here for you. And so it is your right to ask every question you need to ask to make sure it is the right fit for you. And again, it may take a few tries. And again, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that therapist is a bad person either. It just means that, you know what, they may not be the right person to guide you on your journey. Um, So I want to leave you with a few resources. Uh, psychologytoday.com is a resource where you can view various therapists and you can even input your area by your zip code, your city and your state to find the therapist nearest you. You can also go to therapyforblackgirls.com and therapyforblackmen.org. Please seek these resources out. They are awesome. There are some wonderful very experienced therapists on these sites some of which are my beautiful colleagues and i know the hard work that they do and they are waiting to hear from you okay so i'm not going to take any more of your time because i know you can't rush to can't wait to get to that computer right and search out that therapist so I'm not going to say anything further. If you want to tell me about your experience, I would love to hear about it. Please email me at virtualcouchpodcast1 at gmail.com and happy hunting. Take care. Did y'all enjoy the break? Now find your spot on the virtual couch and get ready to hear our girl Leticia drop some more gems on you. Drop some more gems on them Tisha Letisha Drop some more gems on them Children are natural sponges, meaning they soak up everything in their environment. It's imperative to monitor what children are consuming in the area of technology, just like we do food, right? Very imperative. Teachers are competing basically with technology every day. I know just being in the classroom setting or just being in the school setting, I should say, teachers have a hard time with teaching their class because they are competing with cell phones and social media, Now, the National Institute of Health estimates that kids spend an average of five to seven hours a day using screens for entertainment, which is equal or even greater to the total amount of time spent in the classroom. This has increased two and a half hours a day from just 10 years ago, wow. This has increased two and a half hours a day just from 10 years ago. That lets you know as we are advancing in technology, is also becoming more problem, problematic as well. Surveys also say that they're faced with more anxiety, depression, and other mental health struggles than previous generations. So children are experiencing more mental health issues than in previous times. There are a number of factors, of course, that, um, that can be um, could be contributing factors to this as well. Of course, we know. But screen time is known as the major one, you know, missing out on valuable time, building adequate social skills needed throughout their lives. Like I said before, is, um, you know, it's, it's really a problem because, like I said, as adults, we need the appropriate skills to help build relationships, help hold jobs and so forth. So the more screen time means the less time for homework physical activity, family interactions, and face-to-face time with peers. I know sometimes parents, um, and I even have personal friends who make it where at the dinner table, phones are not allowed. Out at dinner, phones are not allowed. But also, parents, you have to also model this behavior because if your children are see, um, seeing you doing this as well, you know, they're more apt to do it, right, okay? So, you know, like I said before, without the necessary social skills, you know, kids are growing up unprepared to resolve conflict and to cope. And we see that. Well, I see that a lot of times in in the therapy office, different things. And I don't ever want to minimize an issue that anyone is having because we're all different. Right. But I know just from just pure conflict, you know, friends are going to fight. Um And I see children are less able to cope with conflict, even in terms of sports, you know, losing a game. I have seen children literally lose their cool, um, you know, and their parents have to bring them to the office because they can't even cope with loss. So it's it's becoming a problem. I'm seeing it in, in various areas. And I think we all have a responsibility in helping our children. Learn how to be more social. Um, again, social media should not, uh, you know, consume our children's lives. And, you know, their goals again with, you know, even the content that they're looking at. You have a lot of girls now with self-esteem issues because we see the fake and phony images on social media because we can make ourselves look any type of way with apps and everything else, and it's not reality. But if um, a child, you know, see it, and I'm not even going to say children, adults have a hard time with this. So just imagine a child who's not really developed mentally, how they're going to perceive that? How are they going to absorb that when they don't feel themselves to match up to what they see in social media? So, you know, we have a lot of things to do. As I've said before, Bullying, you know, there's a lot of bullying on, on uh, social media, so we have a lot of cyberbullying, which has been equating to suicide, you know, it's a really major issue, and the problem is increasing. Um, anxiety, depression is correlated with high levels of screen time. So if you don't understand that, that means the more hours of a day that your child is spending on the phone, watching TV, technology in general, they're more apt to have anxiety and depression. Okay. So when I come back, I would like to discuss some things that parents, caregivers can do to address this issue. Okay. I would like to come back with tools, with tips, because there's something that um, needs to be done regarding this issue because we're losing too many of our, our children to cyberbullying and suicide. And so anytime I see there's a a rise of something in the media, I would like to begin um, using my platform as a voice, as a platform where individuals can become educated, enlightened, inspired inspire and empowered to be able to help our children and be able to help themselves. So after this, I will be right back with some tools and tips. It's very imperative that parents remain vigilant and proactive when it comes to what your child is consuming via technology. See, your child can actually be bullied without you even knowing about it and you're in the same room with them while they're on the phone. It is imperative that you ask questions, a lot of questions, no matter how irritated your child seems. So that's one of the first things I would like to discuss regarding some things that parents can actually do to sort of have a safeguard and have your child be a lot safer when it comes to technology. Having parental controls, I think, are very important on your devices, whether that's on TV or on cell phones. I know of parents that have even tracking devices. There are apps, you know, many apps that you can purchase if you have a smartphone and put on your child where you can even see the different sites that they're going to and people that they're calling. It's also important if you have shared plans, which I know a lot of parents have with their children because, of course, a lot of children (laughs) do not have jobs yet, right, to pay a cell phone bill. So they're on their parents' plans. And so one of the good things about that is you can check the phone bill. Make sure you check the phone bill. Who are they calling? And how long are they actually on the phone when they're on the phone? So that's important as well. Having computers and television and comment areas, I think it's also um, a good thing to do. I know what, you know, parents like to have their children, you know, with the best and finest things now, but sometimes that can be um, very dangerous. Having computers in the room, not under your supervision, having cell phones in the room, as well as television can become very dangerous because we don't know what our child um, is watching, who they're connected to on the internet, and who they're talking to. So that's another thing. To have it in the common area, whether it's the living room, um, an office, the den, or whatever, I've seen it all but having it in their bedroom, you know, can increase the danger for your child. Um, I would also say no cell phones at night, and I know if children are listening to this adolescents they are gonna get mad at me, but I am an avid believer that cell phones should not be used at nighttime, you know why? Maybe because I look at a lot of ID shows, you know, um, investigative discovery on TV, and a lot of things happen while parents are sleeping. And so maybe one thing that you can do is take the cell phone away at night and, uh, you know, where it can be safeguarded and, you know, provided to them the next day. Now, I would preface all of this with there's no foolproof way. There are always ways that adolescents can trick parents and sneak things in. But it's also important to have something there. You know, it's better to have something there than not. But one of my number one things that I would always say is to talk to your child, if they're verbal. You know, younger children, of course, are not able to understand, but your child, if they're verbal and they can understand, I would say have an open dialogue with them, not be authoritarian, but authoritative. And what I mean by that is allow your child free expression to express their concerns and their feelings about what's going on too, even if it's irritating to them. Allow them to voice their concern and let them know that you're trying to teach them to be safe and the dangers that's out there. Because, you know, children always think that parents don't know what they're talking about. I was one of them, so I understand that. But you always want to have an open dialogue and let them know that you're coming from a place, a place of love and that you're not just trying to ruin and destroy their lives like they're going to think anyway, probably. Um, so you definitely want to always have that. And um, if you have any other tips, please feel free to email me at virtualcouchpodcast1 at gmail.com. That's virtualcouchpodcast1 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you um, to see some of the things that actually work for you. I may have not uh, named something in today's podcast. So I definitely would want to hear those things that you use and, you know, that's working for you also use that email anyway. If you have any, um, show ideas for, you know, for future podcasts, please email me. I would love to hear from you. Um, and just any advice, any, um, from past shows, I would like to hear from you regarding that as well. So I'm going to end this podcast now and, um, wasn't too long. Right. And I just wanted to share some things with you because there's been a lot of, uh, suicides in the media. And then with the Momo, you know, frenzy, I definitely wanted to create a podcast that provided some education regarding social media and television phones and just technology in general. Okay, so thank you for tuning in today. Please share this podcast with your family, friends, and whoever. And thank you and God bless. Letitia's Virtual Couch.